0: Provide safe harbor to some of the most vicious and violent offenders on earth. Like MS-13 gang members putting innocent men, women, and children at the mercy of these sadistic criminals. But we're moving them out of this country by the thousands. MS-13, we're grabbing them by the thousands and we're getting them out. Hey, let's
1: play just because this has gotten a heck of a lot of attention. How about Trump 5 where he talks about the, uh, the mayor of Oakland?
0: You talk about obstruction of justice, I would recommend that you look into obstruction of justice for the mayor of Oakland, California, Jeff. She advises 1,000 people. They told, get out of here, the law enforcement's coming.
1: So the two headlines that came out of Trump's uh, big roundtable discussion on sanctuary states and that sort of thing, uh, the headlines the media went with was uh, Trump calling uh, anybody an animal, I guess is... uh, you can't do that because they're Hispanics. So the, if Trump said that clearly he means all Hispanics are animals and not just MS-13. Uh, also that he said the Oakland mayor should be prosecuted. Uh, Kristen Gaspar, who is the San Diego County supervisor, says there was a lot more to the discussion than those headlines. So we're glad to have her on. Kristen, welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Thanks for having me on.
1: Hey, I didn't follow this live. Was this uh, a teleconference thing or how did this work?
2: They actually had a live stream from the White House, and they invited press into the meeting as well.
1: And how many of you government officials were involved?
2: There were 16 total representing cities and counties uh, throughout the state of California, In addition, we had our Secretary of Homeland Security, we had uh, Border Patrol Director, and then also uh, Jeff Sessions was seated right to my left.
1: Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Um, And California has become ground zero for this sanctuary state, sanctuary city thing for the whole country, as California often does. And uh, one way or another, this is going to get worked out and be the policy for the whole country, I would guess. What are your headlines out of the roundtable?
2: Well, it was interesting being in the full meeting because you can see exactly how the press can grab on to just one thing that's said and completely blow it out of context altogether. Uh, And what he was talking about with the Oakland mayor had to do with the obstruction of justice case that Los Alamitos is facing when the mayor there said that we won't follow the sanctuary law, and now they're faced with a lawsuit, I believe, filed by the ACLU because they will not follow the sanctuary law. So he was just drawing a parallel between the obstruction of justice that was happening in Oakland when that mayor said, hey, well, we won't follow these laws that they didn't like. We'll inform people about deportation orders and such, and so he was just trying to draw a parallel between the two, but when he brought up, well, let's, let's Jeff Sessions, let's look into this, it really was like a very nonchalant comment in a larger context. So, and then also, it was important to note that when he made the comment about animals, uh, what he was describing were the horrific crimes that are committed by uh, these illegal immigrants that are released back out we know that they're offenders but under the new sanctuary laws we can't inform ICE like we usually would there would be a uh, detainment order on that individual now our law enforcement can't report that so they're released out and there have been so many cases where there have been additional crimes all the way to murder and uh, our hands are tied we knew they were a problem and so that's what he's describing. These aren't all innocent people that are being let go, that these are bad people committing bad crimes.
1: Well, yeah, some of them are, and then you start with the fact that you're here illegally. So, you know. Um, well, so-
2: I think that's where people are getting mixed up. They're thinking that the crime is coming across the border illegally, but they're not recognizing that sanctuaries protecting people who came across the border illegally and additionally, they are committing crimes. That's who we're talking about.
1: Right. Now they're getting protections that, that I wouldn't get as a U.S. citizen for, com- for committing the same crimes, which is just weird.
2: Well, they're intentionally confusing the issue at this point because it's been made clear what we're talking about. Uh, but there's this thought that if we keep trying to tell people that this is a uh, discussion on immigration and uh, that people are just trying to go about their innocent lives right. in and throughout the country, then it makes it sound terrible that anyone would ever want California not to be a sanctuary.
1: Right. Uh, Who are the voices uh, sitting around the table that think this whole sanctuary thing is a good idea?
2: Well, there certainly weren't any voices there yesterday.
1: So nobody representing that, that point of view, which I think is ridiculous, but nobody representing that point of view in the room at the time.
2: No, in okay. fact, this was what the president identified as the true leaders in an entire movement that's happening in the state of California, just that pushback against our own governor who is making our cities less safe. And so the team of us are of the same mindset that enough is enough, that our governor is not good on crime very weak on crime in fact we've been handed a whole variety of legislative changes that have wreaked havoc on our local communities you know we're facing ab109 prop 47 those early prison release laws that put people out of jail back on the streets we we're supposed to get this big check from sacramento to manage it all But that check never came, funds slowly trickle in, and we've got a problem on our hands. So this is just one more thing that's added to just a consistent track record of our governor being weak on public safety.
1: Well, California is its own animal, obviously, and then various uh, enclaves of California are certainly not like the rest of the United States. But God, I'll tell you, politically speaking for the president, I think he wins on this issue all day long as a national issue of, come on, what are we doing protecting these people?
2: Well, and I think there's a lot of hope in the room yesterday that, I mean, some of these cities that were represented are very small cities who took this active step. But there's strength in numbers, and we have a collective voice, and California is not lost. We just need to start standing up and, and not being afraid to speak our minds on some of these issues that have great impacts to our city. So to sit around the table and to hear from all of the attendees who really are the leaders on this issue, the vocal champions, people who are willing to speak up, this is what needs to happen more often.
0: So
1: um, you sat next to Jeff Sessions. You said, what's he like uh, behind the scenes? Uh, You know, I I have been so twisted by the Saturday Night Live portrayal of him that I I have trouble seeing him as a a different sort of human being.
2: You know, I had the opportunity to speak with uh, Mr. Sessions for about five minutes after the meeting. He was really interested to hear more about San Diego in general and some of the issues that we're facing. And I found him to be very genuine in person, uh, very humble let's say uh struck me as kind of a typical southerner but had a a welcoming presence there and genuinely was interested in in what i had to say uh and we even chatted about my cheerleading squad as they were kicking the press out it's uh if you watch the end of the video that's quite a theme how about Uh, the
1: president's how about the president's grasp of the issues what did you think
2: he was well-versed in this issue. I know that it's something that they've spent a lot of time um, yeah. either prepping him on or he's looked at extensively. He opened up the meeting with several prepared remarks, several cases that he's aware of. I brought to his attention at that meeting a case of a 27-year-old in San Diego that was murdered from an illegal immigrant who had already been deported, who came back, committed this crime, and... The terrible thing about this case is that the murderer just slipped away back across the border. His location is known. He lives in a Tijuana motel at this point in time, and now we're dealing with Mexico trying to get that, that individual back in the United States. But because Mexico does not have death penalty laws, our own DA has to sign off that he will not face the death penalty here in the U.S., before he's extradited here, this kicks off a multi-year process so it's, it's really quite sad to see a family in our San Diego community whose lives have just been torn apart uh, and then this killer just gets to live freely across the border and this is the problem that we're facing with uh, being a border t- town.
1: So this, this question is from our producer. What was it like to be in the president of President Trump? You told our producer he was very chill. And very calm.
2: <laughs> chill is a great word for it. Really? I was not chill headed in there because I mean it's just pretty surreal that you're about to engage in a meeting with the president sure. of the United States. So uh I was very nervous headed in there. But as soon as he came in the room, because his personality and his presence, it was very calming, which was strange to me because he's such a larger than life character on TV. When he came in, it was like your cousin was sitting down at the table with you, and I think everyone in that in the room described the same feeling that it took all those nerves and they were out of the door and we could just have a real conversation so you'll hear in the uh, in the stream that it doesn't appear that people are nervous sitting at that table, but I that's think it interesting has to do with his kickback personality
1: you know just uh, just from a uh, dealing with a human being standpoint, imagine. Imagine his schedule on a given day where you get up and you check the headlines in which they're all, you know, everybody's out to get you on a number of different fronts. And then you go into these meetings and try to focus on that. And then as soon as he gets off the conference call, I suppose somebody says, here's what Stormy Daniels' lawyer just said on, you know, Good Morning America. And God dang it, that would make your head spin. I guess you'd get it was, used to it.
2: It, it. it was like Jurassic Park. You could just suddenly see the leaves moving outside. I didn't quite know what was happening. That was the helicopter landing to take him swiftly away from that meeting. And the press is tough to manage there. I've, I've got to hand some of his, his comments that he makes about the press because it is a zoo. I mean, we went through the media circuit before we uh, started the meeting, and it was crazy. We were packed in like sardines, so many stations, so many reporters, cameras all around, But that's the daily minute-to-minute life of being the president and that would be a tough schedule
1: to manage. Yeah, no kidding. And it, it's just grown too much. Our idea that the president's in charge of fixing everything, um, you know, that's why all the, the press is there, because the, people have this just view of the presidency that's, that's way out of step with what it was designed to be. But that's a different topic. Kristen Gaspar, who is the San Diego County Supervisor for District 3, appreciate you coming on today and uh, pretty interesting experience for you to get to be there and and uh, and discuss all that. Thanks a lot. Thank you. And as Joe and I have been saying, I mean, this is just, I know the law doesn't work this way. I just wish the Supreme Court could step in. Okay, we all know this is headed to the Supreme Court, the whole sanctuary city thing. Let's just get to it and settle it one way or another, and then we'll move on with our lives. Because we all know that that's where it's headed. Absolutely has to be. It seems insane to me, but we'll see what the Supreme Court has to say about it. How much money should you have saved by age 35? Kind of uh, dovetails with Marshall's story on how much money you have to be have to be rich, according to most people's opinion. So if you're in the age range of 35, or maybe you're significantly older than 35, and you don't have that amount, you might be horrified. How much money should you have saved by 35? We'll hit you with that, among other things coming up. Still trying to track down what the president was tweeting about about an hour ago, where he says there was a a mole in the Trump campaign in, in, implanted by the Obama people. And he says this could be bigger than Watergate. What's he talking about? We'll try to nail that down. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty. The
0: conscience of the nation.
2: Armstrong and Getty show.
0: American Airlines has announced that beginning this July, passengers will not be allowed to bring emotional support hedgehogs, goats, or spiders on flights. <laughs> or as Southwest calls them, Group Two.
1: Hilarious. Uh, Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty show. You know, I like Southwest and uh, we all like Southwest and, you know, depending on where you live, you, you might fly a lot because they've got so many flights between the cities you're going to and it's so cheap and all that sort of stuff. But if you ever end up on one of the more expensive airlines, you remember, oh, yeah, seats are this wide and the bathroom is this big. And all that sort of stuff. There, there is there is a price to be paid. That's a terrible phrase in this case. Uh, for, a, for a really cheap, get to fly anywhere, anytime you want to. Um, which direction do I want to go? I did go out to check on my car, and the tire is completely flat. Lower left tire. And uh, you know what? You know what? I've gotten better at. Instead of feeling like I'm cursed. These are brand new tires. The most expensive tires you can buy, uh that's what I asked for at the tire store. What's the most expensive tire you got? And I got those put on my car. And uh and so now I got a flat tire. But instead of feeling like I've been cursed, I'm, I look at I look at things this way. God allowed me to get all the way to work before my tire went flat, which would have been a severe pain in the ass, especially since Joe's not here today. I could could have been on the freeway in rush hour traffic with 80-mile-an-hour traffic going by I am on the shoulder, but no, God allowed me to get all the way to work where I can take care of it, uh, you know, fairly comfortably.
0: Yes,
3: absolutely. I could have carried at least two or three segments on Game of Thrones set reports on what's going on in the filming of the final season. So we would have been fine, but your (laughs) point remains the same, Jack.
1: No, it's just, it's a, you know, I don't know, a, 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 a different perspective on things going wrong. Um, and yeah, so that was really a lucky break that my flat tire occurred, uh, after I, the the car was getting a little wobbly, but I made it all the way. I drive 30 miles, 30 miles exactly to work. And I got all the way to work on a tire that was going flat before it went completely flat. So lucky break for me now. That's true.
0: I definitely agree.
1: Now, I've never allowed anybody to change a tire for me in my life, nor have I ever allowed anybody to replace a battery for me in my life. These are jobs I feel like Americans should do. On the other hand, I'm working, I got a doctor's appointment, I got things to do. Do I call AAA and have them change my tire? This is a major blow to my manliness if I do that. On the other hand, I was just out there laying on the pavement underneath my SUV looking at that spare, full-size spare. Oh, Got to appreciate that. Love a full-size bear. I'm thinking, do I really want to jack this SOB up and, and change this myself? I bought a self-prepared lawnmower in the midst of cancer treatment, but I bought a self-prepared, self-propelled prepared self lawnmower, which was another blow to my manliness. I don't know. These are tough decisions to Is make. Is the uh, AAA guy going to come out, though, and say, why does this truck smell like urine? <laughs> yeah, I opened up the back window to check on the jack and stuff like that. It does smell like urine in there. So I do have the problem, like Sean mentioned. The police might roll up on it. It smells like urine, flat tire, clearly an abandoned car. Haul it off to the junkyard. <laughs> if you don't know why it smells urine, listen to the podcast. Um, so financial stuff. Marshall had the story in his news a little bit ago. They surveyed a bunch of people what you consider rich. For whatever reason, Charles Schwab came up with this answer, that you have to have at least $2.5 million to be considered rich. I would suggest that perhaps Charles Schwab, which is an investment agency, asked certain people or phrased the question in a certain way to try to get as big as number as possible so that more people would invest. I find it hard to believe that all across the country, most people feel like you have to have $2.5 million to be rich. I'm thinking it's much lower than that. But anyway, uh, you got that along with this uh, out today. At age 35, how much money should you have saved up? Now, Sean, you're r- roughly that age, a little bit older, but yes. Um, the The answer is is what? Uh, double your salary. According, I think I believe
3: Market Watch was the first uh, website to kind of put out this study that everyone was reacting. Double to. Double your gross salary or your net salary? You know, uh, the, mine is either one might
1: as well be infinity. <laughs> <laughs> so ten thousand dollars, and
3: you're saying. <laughs>
1: And you're, and you, but you said off the air that the uh, the internet reacted with most 35 year olds saying the the collective 35 year old internet said get
3: get the f out that that's really?
1: absurd. By 35, you should have twice your salary saved, according to retirement experts. That came from Market Watch. Uh, here's some uh, tweet results uh, reactions to that. My retirement plan is to eat the rich. I've done the math. I can retire about 10 years after I die if nothing else happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty funny um yeah right lots of yeah right so, so that, the idea being uh most 35 year olds don't have twice their salary it's saved not the term, idea
3: but, not th- that most 35s don't have it the vast majority of 35 year olds view that as a physical impossibility couldn't be done.
1: yes okay maybe we'll talk more about that coming up because it gets into the For instance, I got a flat tire. How much people have in savings to deal with emergencies like that? What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well,
0: we got more on the Trump tweet. The FBI, Obama-led the FBI, I should say, infiltrated Trump's presidential campaign and a new iPhone being made to honor Tesla CEO Elon Musk. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, big stories. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and
1: Getty Show. Um, so, we had that story about by 35, you should have twice your salary in the bank saved up if you want to have any decent uh, life for the rest of your life. This texture said, I'm in good shape. I don't make any money at all, so I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very common. Yeah, two times zero, zero. Done. <laughs> Uh, maybe we'll get into some more of the numbers on that that's a problem for society whether you think it's uh, bad life management by 35 year olds or you think it's the oppressive capitalist system that we currently have either way if people end up at the end of their lives with no money it's going to uh, it's well it's gonna be a thing. Let's get to the news now with Marcia Phillips. All
0: right, we're starting to get a little bit more background on this. The D.C. political newspaper The Hill is reporting on one of uh, President Trump's tweets this morning where he touted a report saying the FBI under former President Obama spied on the Trump campaign during the 2016 presidential election, saying that the revelation could be, quote, bigger than Watergate. Now, Trump tweeting in reference to a National Review report by Andrew McCarthy, Wow, word seems to be coming out that the Obama FBI spied on the Trump campaign with an embedded informant, all in caps. There's probably no doubt that they had at least one confidential informant in the campaign. If so, this is bigger than Watergate. That report alleges that Obama-led agencies use their surveillance powers to monitor the Trump campaign. So it goes back to that one article in the National Review.
1: Right. Right. Well, as Joe was uh, saying yesterday, Joe's not here today. He's abandoned the show in the nation's time of crisis, what with Stormy Daniels and everything else is going on. Um, As Joe was saying the other day, we could find out that the FBI, Justice Department, whoever, really overstepped their constitutional bounds in spying on Trump. Kind of for the same reasons a lot of things happened is because nobody thought Trump was going to get elected. So we don't really have to worry about that. Let's just make sure, let's see what's going on here. Maybe they wouldn't have done that with a normal, with a more normal campaign. I don't know. But God, I can't wait till Mueller's report comes out, which it's the one year anniversary of today. Indeed. We have no idea where that's going.
0: Speaking of uh, Mueller's investigation, President Trump slamming the investigation as it hits the one-year mark today. On Twitter this morning, Trump said, "Congratulations America, we are now into the second year of the greatest witch hunt in American history." Meanwhile, you got Trump's lawyer Rudy Giuliani saying Special Counsel Robert Mueller has acknowledged his office, Robert Mueller's office has acknowledged to him that they cannot indict a sitting president. And Giuliani's saying, you know, it's been a year now. It's time really to wrap things up. We're trying to get him to end this. This is not good for the American people. And the special counsel's office doesn't seem to have that sort of understanding that they're interfering with things that are much bigger than them or us. You know what
1: he's doing there is there has been some slippage among Americans for the support of the Mueller probe. It has, it's trending downward, and he's trying to add to that. Because if they can get public right. support you know, down below 50% for this probe going on, then it becomes a political problem. Yes, Sean? So, greatest witch hunts in American history. The actual
3: witch hunts happened in America, correct? Right? Yes, okay.
1: Salem, Massachusetts, and yes. an, an, quite a number of people were actually uh, put to death as witches. So, I would, I would say that currently reigns as the greatest witch hunt in American history. A when per- we actually killed people
0: because we thought they were witches. Which Uh, is crazy, by the way. A program... She's a witch! A program to use money from the Department of Veterans Affairs to pay for private medical care is reportedly going to run out of money in two weeks. The Choice program started uh, in 2014 after that scandal where veterans were dying waiting for care at the VA hospital in Phoenix. Two million veterans have used the program since it started. The House has already moved to make sure the program is permanently funded. The Senate will take its turn next week. But again, that program could run out of money in a couple of weeks. And we got a new solar-powered iPhone being made in honor of Elon Musk. Phone accessory maker Caviar has come out with the iPhone X Tesla, which it says is able to charge from light. The website for the Russian company says the iPhone 10 Tesla is equipped with a solar battery that transforms light energy To replenish the phone's power. That's pretty cool.
3: That is pretty cool. iPhone 10 Tesla from Russia, one of our political combat... This seems like when you're, like, (laughs) propaganda, oh, the super happy fun hour, right? They're just throwing words together that
1: they think Americans like. (laughs) I think the next big technological leap forward that that, that people are going to spend a lot of money on... We're going to get past this whole battery thing. God, at my house, we're constantly charging things. The kid's iPad is dead. My laptop's dead. My phone's dead. Something is going to come along where battery life gets so extended that it just becomes a non-issue. You know, you just don't think about it much anymore. And we'll look back on the times. Remember when it's, like, rolling up your window or whatever? Remember when you used to have to charge your phone a couple of times a day? Because that is a pain in the ass. I,
3: I do think that it will... Your, your conclusion is correct, but I don't think it'll be the battery lives get so long. I think it will be things like this where we Could will be, find right. alternate yeah. ways, either through, you know, office lighting or kinetic energy, right? Like, it's Some just moving that, though, around in your pockets. Yes. It charges a
1: phone. That's cool. Well, that's like a Rolex watch exactly, or something. Exactly. But, um... Some of these ideas, the wireless charging, where the electricity or something is just going through the air and getting my phone from a charger, that's going to give us all brain cancer. I'm sure it's fine.
3: (laughs) Yes, absolutely.
0: (laughs) they got really smart people working on this, Jack. (laughs) Right, right. The NBA's Western Conference Finals even at a game apiece after the Houston Rockets roared back from their Game 1 loss to the Warriors. Houston taking care of business early on. Gort dancing on Looney. He'll shoot the three. Splash! It's his second in a row. 21-18 Houston.
3: The radio calls are so much better than the TV calls. I'm not sure I can hate that more, though.
1: Splash!
3: (laughs) This guy having some fun with his calls. What would you say? Oh, oh! just like Mama's milkshake. That's Sean's catchphrase, <laughs> if he ever becomes an announcer. That
0: is so funny. And
1: there's virtual Joe enjoying it. Yeah, Houston
0: had five <laughs> players with 16 points or more in a 127-105 game two round of Golden State last yeah, night in Houston. That was a drubbing. Yes, I mean, it thats a,
1: it's a full-on series now. We'll see what happens in
0: California. Yeah, Warriors head coach Steve Kerr admitting what Jack said.
1: We got it
3: handed to us. Uh, there's You can look at it look at it any way you want and parcel it out into you know different shifts and rotations and all that stuff but uh didn't matter who we had out there tonight uh we got got beat You got beat yeah yep. poor steve Kerr he doesn't even know the supernatural forces working against him yes. when well, you
1: donned your warriors cap for the first time of the season it is quite shocking i mean i thought yesterday well you know it's kind of a joke that when i get a sports team's hat that they they do poorly uh but yeah
3: very cute how you're pretending like this was accidental and Joe didn't call you up and say, hey, good. I got him on the hook for the 50. Right. This is like right. I charged I challenged Joe to an arm wrestling contest. And midway through, you just come over, grab my arm, and slam it to the ground. Right, right, right. And uh, by the way,
0: uh, you got your 10 for me? Oh, probably, yeah. Uh, oh, probably? <laughs> wow.
1: What? I'm sorry. Could you repeat that? He bet uh, yeah. Marshall ten bucks. He yeah. bet Joe fifty bucks. Yes. Uh, he's
0: he's that he's Houston old. would not win a game. Look at that! A money clip. He's breaking. Oh, I see. He's got nothing small enough, right? Is I have it? only big bills, baby. Ah, all right, I ah, will take care of that later. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong, and Getty show the conscience of the nation.
1: I actually knew a guy when I worked uh, in a bar who would do yeah. the whole pimp roll thing. He had a big roll of ones with a hundred on the outside. He actually did that. A hundred on the outside.
3: Yeah. I uh, yep. thought, whatever. I purposely put a five on the outside so I can do the joke of big bills on
1: the outside. That <laughs> that particular guy, he was always dressed nice, too, and then yeah. he got caught for shoplifting at this store he worked at. So. Ah. He was <laughs> a, Surprise, huh? The kind of guy who puts 100 on the outside of a roll of ones. Uh, turns out he's stealing his clothes from his work. More so Boy, I hear it's... that
0: sort of thing, and it just makes me mad. I
1: hear you, Joe. Um, you know, a lot of times people turn out to be exactly what you thought they were. <laughs> that's, that's one of the lessons for life. I should pass that along to my kids. So, I got a bunch of other stuff we want to get to, into. Facebook deleted 583 million accounts the other day. We'll talk to an expert on that at some point. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
2: Armstrong and Getty.
0: The conscience of the nation.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. So what
1: is this song, Michelangelo, for people who don't know? Uh, Sturgill Simpson, Life Ain't Fair. So Sturgill Simpson is a uh, musical artist you may not have heard of. He's like the biggest deal in country music, but doesn't get played on country music radio. He made a song for uh, a record for his son. He was going to have his first kid a couple of years ago. This song about um, what he wanted to teach his son, that life isn't fair and the world is mean. And I think about that a lot. It's a message I want to get along to my kids without scaring them to death. Life is hard and the world is mean. Um Well, it's true. You see there's no getting around that. It's just freaking true. And uh, at what point you get how much of that information I don't know. Don't want people too scared to uh, you know, to come out of their bedroom. Uh but you want them to be able to deal with the realities of life. And that fits in a little bit with this how much money have you got saved by the age of 35, which is making the rounds today? The idea being from, was it Market Watch that said that? You should have twice your salary saved by the time you're 35. <laughs> and uh, a lot of people around that age are laughing at that notion. Uh, a lot of people who are older, younger, or the same age are saying, uh, well, if you don't have that much money saved, it's your fault. Um, we're not big fans of single-factor single analysis around here. Things can be... Uh, an explanation can be more than one thing. There can be more than one factor going on at the same time. You could have, well, this is what I believe, you could have an economic situation that's more difficult now than it was a generation ago for rent and jobs and all that sort of stuff for a variety of reasons, changing workforce, that sort of stuff. You could also have a situation where people like luxuries more than saving going on at the same time. Both of those things could be happening. For instance, we there's there, this, this one... Um, I'll hit you with some of the ones that are I agree with maybe. Uh, By 35 you should have saved half your retirement which is easy if your retirement plan is to wade into the sea. (laughs) Which is kind of funny. By 35 you should have at least one save file in every Zelda game according to the retirement experts. I don't know what that means. Now that
3: I have. That's a video game thing.
1: Okay. Gotcha. (laughs) Have Have you guys told the US companies about this yet? I guess that's the idea that they need to pay more? Is that what that comment is? We did get some comments from people on our text line, which might run a little different to other text lines. Um,
3: Biggest difference, it's ours.
1: If people would stop buying $5 coffees every day and brand new cars every two years and new houses every five years, maybe people could save more than twice their annual income. Unfortunately, the way our system is set up is we are a consumer nation. We're sold every day that we should be consuming and spending money that we don't earn. There's definitely a lot of spending money. I, I read that as a counter to this one. I enjoy that we've built a society wherein the only way to retire with basic dignity is 40 years of financial hypervigilance without any setbacks. The setbacks thing, mm, that's that we could argue about. But the 40 years of financial hypervigilance, that's just... Life's unfair in the world is mean. That's what every generation since human beings have started should be doing. My generation, my parents' generation did it, the next generation coming up. Hyper vigilance on how much money you spend is the way everybody should live, period. That's not... That's not unfair, that's not a setback to current economics, that's just the way. Everybody should live all the time, if you want to have, and the idea that we are owed basic dignity in our retirement, I think, is hilarious. We're not owed anything. You either, you either live with hypervigilance, economically, your whole life, and then get to retire, or you don't, and you don't get to retire. Your choice. Now, the economics of it, you know, uh, how difficult it is now versus different times, that's an open argument. But, yeah, everybody should be living with hypervigilance on how much money you spend. That's not an oppressive system. That's just life. That's just the way it works. Uh, Or you can text if you disagree at 415-295-KFTC. My parents' generation, they've, they've lived with hypervigilance, most of them, on how much money they spent their entire lives because they were children of the Great Depression. And thought, you know what? I better save all my money because it could go all go to hell at any moment. That's just that's just the way you ought to do it. That's the way everybody ought to do it. On the other hand, the problem is if we end up with an entire generation that has no money when they retire, the whole country's going to be on the hook for that. It's it's going to get ugly. We're going to have all kinds of financial problems, and they are going to pass legislation that will take money from people who did save. And I mean, it's just it's gonna it's gonna, we're going to go full on socialism. So how we change that culturally, I do not know. Um, interesting stuff though that so many people reacted to the idea that you should have. Tw- I didn't have. Did I have twice? What was I making when I was thirty-five? I don't think I had twice my salary saved at thirty-five. Um, but th- the reaction of most people, at least on this text line of uh, "haha, that's funny," is uh, is something. It means something. And then we see those st- those statistics every now and then. How many people? It's like half the country could not survive a five hundred dollar bill that came their way, like a, a car problem that cost five hundred dollars. Like half the country, that would be it. You're just out of luck. You're broke. You have no money. You can't drive your car or whatever. Oof, that's not good. That's that's a cult. That's a cultural problem. You got to be able to scrape and, and save up five hundred dollars somehow if you got a job. Um, I did get this text about my flat tire, by the way. Are you going to be trying to,
3: like, fix it in shifts throughout the show, or have you decided to... Well, that's part
1: of the problem, too, right? I can't run out there during the commercial break and get very far in changing a tire. By the time I run out to the elevators, go down the elevator and out to my car, I could maybe put one turn on one lug nut before I'd have to run back up here and start talking again. It's point of view, Jack, because I was talking about I've never paid anybody to change my tire, and now I've got a self-propelled lawnmower. I just, I just wonder where I'm going as a person. Uh, paying someone to do a job, change a tire, is the height of manliness. That just shows that you make enough money to make, to pay somebody else to do it. Eh, that's a point of view. I don't know if I agree with that. Uh, but having a self-propelled lawnmower, that's just straight up P-word, though. You are a P-word if you have a self-propelled lawnmower. Once again, I'd like to say I was undergoing cancer treatment at the time. That's my excuse. I I feel a little twinge of, of uh, sadness and guilt every time I fire up my self-propelled lawnmower. Often I mow the lawn without using the self-propelled motion. I like that. I just push it around. I need the exercise. Why would I be Why would I be letting the lawnmower pull itself around when I could use the exercise? Look at me. I clearly need the exercise. I'm going to the <laughs> doctor today. You know what the doctor's going to say? You need some exercise. My wife, uh, I asked my wife for the uh, AAA card number because I don't carry the card with me she sent me a a copy of the uh a picture of the front of the card which shows that it expired in march Uh-oh. cuz i did not renew it which is my responsibility yes michael
3: i uh might be able to help you there with that situation
1: what what are you uh high up in the
3: company of aaa or knows a guy who knows a no, guy now <laughs> Yeah, what's going on there? I, I just won't
1: say on the air, but I, I might be able to help you. What, I, what? You steal a tow truck? I'm trying to think. Possibly, what could possibly what could you have to help me with this? You can't say on the air. No, you know, I do uh, have a you uh, know a guy who cuts up cars and. <laughs> <laughs>
3: to I may this thing. have one of those cars and be willing to help you.
1: Okay. Yeah. Oh, like a friends and family thing. Yes, so absolutely. So n- n- not a deal where you know a guy who's chopping no, up cars, no, 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 no. and he can get me. You know. The back quarter panel of an expedition and a wheel. need a tow, I'll get you a tow in 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) For 50 bucks or something. Yeah, fantastic. Um, We're going to talk to somebody coming up on that whole Mueller cannot indict a sitting president. That was a big story. The Washington Post, I think they broke it last night. And we'll talk to Carol Lenning about that on the Armstrong and Getty Show.